It's Monday, September the 19th, and the Queen's state funeral has taken place in London. Her Majesty's children, King Charles, the Princess Royal, the Duke of York and the Earl of Wessex followed behind the coffin as it was carried on a gun carriage to Westminster Abbey. Prince George and Princess Charlotte, the Queen's great-grandchildren, were among the congregation. At the start of the service, the 2,000 people gathered were told how it was also where the Queen was married and crowned. And one of the hymns sung at the funeral was The Lord's My Shepherd, which was also played at the Queen's wedding in 1947. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, delivered the sermon and praised the late Queen's selfless service. Those who serve will be loved and remembered when those who cling to power and privileges are long forgotten. Her Majesty was the nation's longest reigning monarch and just three months ago celebrated her Platinum Jubilee to mark 70 years on the throne. During her reign, she united the country in times of celebration and sadness. The Archbishop also referenced an iconic speech made by the Queen during the Covid lockdown. Service in life, hope in death. All who follow the Queen's example and inspiration of trust and faith in God can with her say, we will meet again. God Save the King was sung after two minutes of silence shortly before the coffin was led out of Westminster Abbey. A huge military procession escorted the coffin to Wellington Arch on Hyde Park Corner. Crowds packed the streets to capacity to pay their respects. Lots of people had travelled from Kent. Our reporter Abby has spoken to Karen Lynch from Sevenoaks, Nicole Cox from Ramsgate, Joe Rutherford Axel from Sidcup, Rhiannon Hughes from Dartford and Lisa Reynolds from Biggin Hill. So we arrived at 7.30 this morning at Victoria. And we uh, wanted to come because we wanted to pay our respects to the Queen. It was just important because she has done so much for our country and, you know, this is just an amazing experience. Um, Everybody here has been so respectful. It's just been a lovely, lovely thing to do. And how did you feel seeing the carriage go by? Was it quite emotional? Was it moving? How did you feel? It was really moving, yes. Um, It was really nice how everyone just went silent. um, And, you know, as I said before, it's just everyone is so respectful and just so lovely and everyone just wanted to be here to enjoy the day. I've actually uh, come up at 5.30, but I was here uh, on Wednesday night um, and I did the queuing up for the um, lying in state for the Queen's. I did 14 hours queuing up. 14 hours? Yes, for a few seconds in front of the coffin and it was just so overwhelming. And how did you feel seeing the Queen coming by today? What was it like for you? Well, to be honest, I'm not somebody who's very, very that emotional because I think it should be a celebration. But actually, when you actually see the coffin, you are really, your your thoughts have it everywhere. You're really overwhelmed because um, as soon as you see it, you just have the, um, I say, you just feel the uh, level of majesty there was in her and uh, you just kind of think of uh, how much she's given up to uh, 
to serve her people. We got on the train at half five, we got up here about six o'clock. Uh, we end up getting our position about half six in the morning. So uh, early start, up at half four, after work in the weekend. Oh, wow, and what does it mean to you to be here today? Why have you come up? Uh, it's just—it's just a massive event, isn't it? It's very—it's it's a historical moment that it's, it's going to be remembered forever. And it's, like I said, it's—it's it's just a massive moment, especially for London in general. I mean, the, well, the Queen's a massive public figure worldwide, but obviously she's always got got your heart in London, isn't she? So, it, like I said, it's—it's it's just a big event, and it, it's rude to miss it. <laughs> and how did you feel when you saw her coffin come past? Yeah, it's, it's very surreal, very surreal. Even before when there was, uh, where we had the anthem and that, hearing God Save the King, and, and even the, the two-minute silence, to be able to, like, you could hear a pin drop. And it's a, to get that, especially down Whitehall in London, you would never, never, never get that before. So, yeah, it's... it's um, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 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 well, still trying to come to grips with it, really. Very emotional, very emotional. Why are you here today? Why is it so important for you? I think to honour someone who has made such a difference in our country and I think she's been selfless and if we can have the rest of the population half as selfless as she is, what an amazing world it would be. I think she always felt, she always considered other people first and she did it with honour, dignity and as such a role model, incredible. So it was really moving to, to be here just to say thank you. And how long have you been here? What time did you get here? Take me through that. <laughs> I got the last train here. It was a spontaneous thought, threw stuff in the bag, and then I was here at one o'clock in the morning. And so, yes, I'm not looking at my best, but hey, it's just to be here to be a part of saying thank you. Uh, we got up at four this morning, no, three, and we left at four. So we've been up here a long time this morning. Why is it so important for you to be here today? Well, we're never going to see this again, are we, in another lifetime? Not me, anyway. My, and I've rung my daughter up so she can tell her grandchildren that she was at the state funeral. And how did you feel seeing the coffin go by? Well, you just, it, a bit of emotion comes over you and you think, oh, you know, in the... And the royals, we just feel so sorry for them. James Elston travelled to London from Herne Bay early this morning. He arrived at Horse Guards Parade just after six. I asked him what the whole experience was like. I'm not a, a royalist, but it was um, something I needed to see. It's history. It's a bit surreal, you know, it's really quiet. You know, everyone paying their respects and all sorts of people there mingling, talking to each other. So, yeah, it was... Yeah, it's an experience. It's just hard to describe, really. And you say you're not really a royalist, but you still felt that you wanted to be there to see a moment of history, I suppose. I mean, we've never really seen anything, even with Diana, Princess of Wales, we've never seen anything quite on this scale before, have we? No, no. I, I, I mean, when Diana, when I was too young, but yeah, exactly as you say, it's history and um, being part of that and, and what... You know, the Queen being a monarch for 70 years is, um, it's not, well, I can't see it ever being seen again. And in my lifetime, I won't see a Queen again. So I think she bought a lot and I think she held her ground. She was, she was very steady in the way she came across. Um, and, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's just something I, just couldn't miss. And um, presumably you got to see the new king who was walking behind um, the coffin and other members of the royal family. What what did you make of that, seeing them? It just happened like so quick. It, it, no, although it was slow, it was just, it felt like it was a blink of an eye, but it wasn't. 
Um, you've got all these phones going up and you're trying to take a quick snap and then take it all in. Um, but I've got some, I've got some good images of, of, um, William and Harry at the back. And obviously Charles and Andrew, for some reason, was predominantly just sticking out. I don't know why, I just saw him straight away. But Charles, seen him in real life, he's actually not as tall as, as you think. So he was sort of in the middle, sort of hidden, if you like. But yeah, uh, I'd say that was one thing. But right at the start was, I didn't think I'd get emotional. I wasn't in floods of tears or anything like that. But it was, um, I don't know, it just sort of hit home. You could see some people that worked in the forces that were on the side. There's a couple of guys who worked in the MOD. You could see they were quite emotional. They wasn't crying, but you could see. You know, for them, it was probably quite hard for them. Now, ahead of today's service, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, has recalled the last time he met Her Majesty. It was end of June, early July. I can't quite remember the exact date. And I went along with um, something to give her, actually, a, a cross of nails like this. These nails are a symbol of the cathedral. They fell from the roof of the medieval cathedral as it burned in the Great Blitz. It's been used as a symbol of reconciliation and peace building around the world. And she's had such an influence on peacemaking and peace building and drawing people together that I, we gave her that gift and I was privileged to give it to her. I came back and I said to my wife, oh, we needn't worry. I'm, I'm not gonna have to you know, do a coronation. Uh, it'll be my successor who does that. She's so fit. And her memory was so acute, her observation so perceptive. You got the benefit of 70 years of accumulated wisdom in government and in leadership. And, you know, not only her family, but I think every senior politician, every archbishop will, will, will miss her. Jonathan Gibbs is the Bishop of Rochester. He also spoke ahead of the funeral service and told us about how significant it is. Hugely important in terms of the nation gathering together, um, supporting one another in sadness, uh, coming together also in thanksgiving and seeking solace, comfort and strength from God, from our, uh, our faith and our respective faiths uh, at what is a very sad time. But also, uh, I'm, I'm sure and, and hope and pray that the service will reflect um, a life wonderfully lived, which has been such a blessing to so many. You mentioned that it, it is such a huge time of change. We, we've not known any other monarch, but of course, we have now King Charles III. That happens very, very quickly, unlike when we see a change in, in politics. There are, there are, no, there are no gaps. Um, how important is it that kind of the church and the rest of the nation gets behind the new king and the queen consort? Oh, I, I think that, that's hugely important. I, I think the, the wonderful thing is that the legacy Her Majesty has left has, has put the, the monarchy in an incredibly strong place in the life of our nation. Uh, and that legacy is one she hands on uh, to King Charles. Uh, he himself, uh, very much uh, a, a man uh, of faith, uh, open also to other faiths. Um, um, I think um, uh, we are enormously privileged to have the royal family that we have, uh, and uh, he will continue, I know, to, to build on the legacy of, of uh, his late mother, uh, but with his own distinctive gifts. He's already proved himself to be a man of great vision, especially with regard to environmental issues and so on. Uh, so I, I think we're very blessed uh, to have King Charles uh, coming to the throne, 
and we look forward very much to supporting and praying for him and the Queen Consort today and in the days ahead. The very Reverend Dr Jane Hedges is Dean of Canterbury and she hopes the Queen will remain an inspiration. I think we don't have to think back to some of her, her Christmas messages and the, the, per, the, the, you know, the personal way in which she spoke about her own faith in Christ and, and I think that, that that is the thing that's been inspiring to people but also the whole theme of, of, of a life of service because Actually, that was at the centre of Jesus's life, you know, the very significant moment of him washing the disciples' feet. And of course, every year on Maundy Thursday, um, that, that was remembered when the Queen gave the Maundy money um, to, to people. So that great theme of service, which I think we now as a nation really need to recapture as we try to serve one another through some very challenging times ahead. I think it's always very um, important to be positive about a new person that's following on. And uh, it's always a quite an interesting thing, I think, in, in church life, you know, when there's a new vicar or a new dean or whatever, and people remember the old one. And I think that it's very, very important that as we go forward, that we, we remember with thanksgiving everything that the Queen has meant to everybody, but, but actually now be there to, to um, you know, to, to, to support the, the new king um, and, and you know, to, to be inspired by, by his leadership. Many, many floral tributes have been left at royal residences, but also other landmarks across the country, including at Canterbury Cathedral. I wanted to bring flowers to um, put at the cathedral in memory of the Queen because she's the Queen of Canada and we're here visiting from Canada. And it means a lot to me. And uh, it's just beautiful to be here. And very sad, very sad. I came today, like everybody else, I think, um, to give thanks to God for that for our glorious Queen. I mean, we, the British people, were so lucky to have such a wonderful Queen. I mean, to the rest of the world, she's the Queen, but to us, she's our Queen. And also to give special prayers to ask God, as he, I know he will be, to guide and give strength with our new king, Prince Charles. I can only think of service and humility, humbleness, and service to everyone and to God. We came down here to mark our respect. Um, obviously, it's a really significant and historic event. I wanted my two children to come down and, and make sure that they understood the significance of the event as well, and to mark our respect for our queen. Um, so we just bought some flowers and laid them down and just wanted to spend a little bit of time just reflecting on the Queen and how, how much of an amazing woman she was, really. Now, today's was the first state funeral since that of Sir Winston Churchill in 1965, but nothing on such a scale has been seen since the death of the Queen's father, King George VI. Dr Emma Hanna is a lecturer in modern British history at the University of Kent. She's been speaking to Jamie. The state funeral is the public ceremony held to honour and pay respects to people of great national significance. And obviously um, there is no more significant individual than uh, the, the reigning monarch. So state funerals have been held um, for people are of great national significance and mainly monarchs. They're the only people that have an automatic right to a full state funeral. Um, and certainly this uh, event on Monday will see the absolute um, sort of pinnacle of um, monarchy and military ceremony and public remembrance. And what are some of the differences, you know, we've seen in, in recent history, the funeral of Diana, the funeral of the Queen Mother, what are some of the differences between those funerals and the funeral we're going to see on Monday? 
Well, actually, the funerals of Diana, Princess of Wales in 1997 and Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother in 2002 were actually ceremonial funerals. Uh, they weren't state funerals. Um, the Duke of Edinburgh was also given a, a ceremonial funeral when he died last year. So the differences are uh, between a state funeral and a ceremonial funeral um, are that there are sort of more absolute full military honours um, with the state funeral uh, and there's certain differences uh, in that um, mean that ceremonial, ceremonial funerals can still be predominantly funded by public reserves um, but they don't have to have an act of parliament to go ahead but a state funeral actually uh, needs um, as an act of parliament to go ahead and certainly the last person to have a state funeral was actually Winston Churchill in 1965. Why do you think this moment is so significant for so many people expecting absolute record crowds? Well, it's clearly quite an outpouring of grief isn't there that sort of visible public emotion um, which is absolutely palpable from all of the uh, the the footage that that we're getting from London it's sort of not really seen since the death of the Princess of Wales in 1997. Um, I think in British history we certainly see um, at times of uh, mourning um, this outpouring of emotion and this public display of um, of grief and sadness. The Queen was patron to hundreds of charities and organisations, including one in Kent, which has a very unique history. Sir John Hawkins Hospital in Chatham was established during the reign of Queen Elizabeth I to support injured or needy sailors and shipwrights. Queen Elizabeth II was also patron, and I've been speaking to Neil Wood, who's chairman of the organisation. As you said, the, the Queen was patron of an awful lot of, uh, of organisations, about 600 in all. Um, but we also had the unique um, connection that she was chairman of our board of governors by right, uh, by virtue of being Lord High Admiral. Um, the Lord High Admiral's post was set up in 1385 and uh, it subsequently was occupied by professional navy men, sometimes by politicians, sometimes as a sinecure for a, for a, um, a government supporter. Um, and eventually, in 1964, the reorganization of the Admiralty Board um, abolished the post, but it was assumed by the monarch. And so from 1964 until 2011, um, the Queen was Lord High Admiral. She then awarded the title to Prince Philip on his 90th birthday. And so he became our, our chairman by right, by virtue of being Lord High Admiral, up until his death. The title then passed back to the Queen, and it will now pass to uh, to King Charles, we assume. Um, the reason for her connection, or the Lord High Admiral's connection with the hospital's board is that when Hawkins set up his uh, hospital, he petitioned Queen Elizabeth I with the support of Lord Howard of Effingham, I think I said before, who was Lord High Admiral at the time. He, Lord High Admiral, ended up in the Royal Charter that the Queen issued as our chairman. and his all his successors carried on in that post so the practical um the practical effect of that was that should the queen ever have come to chatham to a board meeting she would have automatically have assumed the chair um i'm elected annually merely to keep the, the seat warm should the uh, the lord high admiral not appear 
How much has it meant to you to have the Queen in that position? And it must be a very sad time now. What's what's it meant for the hospital? Well, I think the first thing to say is that the Queen was so hugely respected um, that the regard that she was held in undoubtedly rubbed off on organisations that were associated with her, like the hospital, you know, and that made us very proud, no question. Um, I think it's also worth saying that a bit like the honours system, there was no practical value in the links, but it was the recognition and association that really meant so much to us. So like everybody else in the country, yes, we, we feel a great loss um, at the Queen's death, um, but we also feel the continuity that's inherent in the, in the monarchical system, you know, will carry us forward. And, and we look forward to the association with the new with the new king in due course. The Queen's coffin has been taken to Windsor, where a committal service is being held in St George's Chapel, followed by a private burial this evening. Her Majesty will be laid to rest beside her late husband, the Duke of Edinburgh.